Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 48 of the Eavesdrop Podcast. A super, super duper special guest today, my duo Andy Miller, Andy Mills Miller. Uh, and we have a lot to talk about, a ton of stuff. Like the amount of stuff that has happened in the last two months for you, me, you and I has Crazy. been insane. So a uh, really quick shout out, uh, the sponsors for the podcast, Hims and ExpressVPN. And I'll tell you a little bit more about them in just a second. Uh, Andy, thank you for stopping by. Why are you here? We're down for the esports awards. And energy is up for eight awards. Org of the year. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Uh, team of the year for the San Francisco Shock World Champions. And then we've got a couple coach of the years for Krusty and Ashes. We've got player of the year for Sinatra Super. Uh, there's a whole bunch. Okay. Well, I hope we win. I hope we win too. Uh, I, I, was, I was very adamant about the fact that I wanted to sort of help in in the push of the voting but i also didn't want it to make it seem as though i was taking credit for something that i didn't do obviously coming on onto the family close to three months ago mm -hmm. how long has it been yeah just about three months three months ago but you and i have been talking for close to like six it's months at least at least yeah yeah six months and uh i guess we can start at the beginning who are you today I'm Andy, so I'm uh, founder and CEO of Energy. Energy is four years old tomorrow. Happy birthday. So wouldn't it be nice to win Org of the Year on our fourth on your birthday. birthday? Of course, I've just jinxed the whole fucking thing, so there's no, no chance we're going to no, win No, because the voting has already happened. It's true. That's true, so I can't jinx it. You can't jinx All it. Right. Something that's already happened. <laughs> so uh, let's start. That's who you are today. Who, yes. were, who were you before esports? Ah. Uh, just a bald man making my way through the world. Let's see. Uh, making from Boston, my way downtown. Making my way in the world today from Cheers, Boston. Cheers. I actually lived right across the street from Cheers. You ever been to Cheers in Boston? No. It's super disappointing. Right? Yeah. I don't go know if, if anyone even remembers what Cheers is, but uh, the Cheers show, right? They'd go down the stairs and mm -hmm. then they'd enter the bar and you'd be like, it's an amazing thing. And so the stairs is legit, but then nothing else is the same. So all the tourists are like, Cheers, it's on the stop and they get off and they get on the stairs. They're like, uh, it's a regular ass bar. <laughs> it's nothing. It's not as all. big as a, as a show. It, uh, Cheers used to be a very popular show <laughs> in the 1980s uh, for all you little ones. We're, we're boomers yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, yeah, so from Boston originally and, um, was a uh, Boston kid, loved sports, loved uh, everything Boston, moved out to California 10 years ago now up mm -hmm. in uh, Palo Alto area when uh, I started a company that we sold to Apple and went to go work for Apple. Okay. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that company. Cause that, a lot that, in was, between. Was, was, that, was that your first company? No. So I had... Uh, Give me your entrepreneurial. Right, entrepreneurial. So uh, went to college, fun, didn't do much, did well enough to get into law school, went to Boston College Law School, loved it, surprisingly. Only went to law school because I didn't know what else to do. My dad was like, you should specialize in something. You should be a lawyer. I was like, oh, okay. And so I took all these uh, um, classes that had like contracts and sports law, thinking I'd get into sports. And then um, I did really well in law school. Like, Shocker. I was the guy that people didn't want to have in their study group or anything because I just wasn't the really intellectual, you know, into jurisprudence of being a lawyer. I just kind of went to law school. But somehow when the test came around, I did like exceptionally well. 
Yeah. And so if you do exceptionally well your first year in law school, you get recruited by all the big law firms. So all of a sudden I got recruited by all these big law firms and I was like, hey, and so I got to pick whatever I wanted. Uh, and by the way, I got married at the same time, like right out of law school. Super, Wendy. super young, as you would say. Yeah, Wendy. So 23, 24. And um, so like, oh, I better get a real job. So I picked the law firm that represented the Red Sox and the Patriots because that's how, you know, intellectual I was about my career. Yeah. Not knowing that if you're the low man on the totem pole as a, as a first year lawyer, you're never touching anything having to do with the Patriots or the Red Sox. So I went in there um, and I hated it. I, I, I just hated every bit of it. And uh, I wasn't a good lawyer. And I got fired after like... 11 months uh i wasn't the only one because it was it was rough times it was like a recession they got rid of a lot of the first year lawyers and the second year lawyers but i was like wow this sucks i don't really want to be a lawyer what am i going to do so i um sort of hung around the mit media lab the famous mit media lab so the mit media lab for those of you who don't know is like all these amazing startups have come out of there. It's an innovation lab, smartest kids and you know engineers in the world. They go there, they apply to get in there, and they have projects that are way out in the future. And if you hang around there, maybe you can hook up with somebody and, and do something. So ended up hooking up uh, with a professor and a student and another guy who was doing like interactive TV. And I thought it was super cool. And they were like, hey, why don't you you know help with the business plan? So I did that. And this was Internet 1.0 where it was pretty easy to raise money and we still couldn't raise money because we were kids and we didn't really know what we were doing but somehow I got introduced to a guy who brought like 20 friends together and said I don't know about your business plan but I like you Andy so I'll back you and they all gave me like 50,000 bucks or 100,000 bucks can't remember yeah so we had money and we, we started a business and that was kind of my get out of being a lawyer and move over to being how did a you like at, at that point did you know what that what the business was and how did you <laughs> present it to I presented it that we had we licensed um, the technology that this student developed at MIT for interactive TV the reality was um, it was really neat technology, but there was no real business around it. And we had a professor behind us, and we got Nicholas Negroponte, the founder of the famous founder of the, the Media Lab, to invest. So it looked good. And now, back then, when everyone was investing in, you know, Pets.com or whatever it was, it was people thought it was a gold rush with the internet. And so what we were going to do was create an interactive layer over television where you could interact. And it was actually supposed to be commerce. Like if you were watching Friends and you liked, you know, whatever back then, what Phoebe was wearing or something, you can click on it and buy it. And and uh, it was this neat kind of tracking technology. Uh, but for me, it was you know learning business. And I ended up negotiating the license with the Media Lab, with MIT, because I was a lawyer, you know, with that, you know, mm -hmm. 11 months of experience. So that was, <laughs> that was a good one. So that helped. You know, I just started learning and then really coming out of my shell and being more aggressive. And, uh, and then I ended up going to everybody, to ABC, NBC, uh, Food Network, PBS, and I asked them all for content to be part of a trial. And somehow they all gave it to me. I mean, everybody gave me their content and we wrote scripts and we created an interactive TV trial and it was great. And, and then after that, we just didn't know what to do with the business. Uh, we ended up uh, selling the technology to another startup and uh, that ended up sort of really helping my path. On one level, the technology is still being used. Like I think a lot of it's used in the red zone for uh, um, NFL? NFL, where they switch off, like a switching yeah. technology, which is kind of neat that we made something like a couple decades ago, whatever it was, and it's still being used. Yeah. But what happened was I joined another startup, 
And they said, hey, we're getting into this thing called uh, SMS. Do you know what it is? And I'm like, no. They're like, well, we want you to go to England and um, it, SMS, which is text messaging, short yeah. message service. It wasn't called text messaging then. It's really big in, in Europe. Go check it out because we think we, we want to bring it to the United States. Yeah. So I went over there and I learned a bunch about it. And um, I came back and you know, my entrepreneurial bug was was going. And it turns out that one of my closer friends, who now you know, our board member and my business partner, Jeff Glass, had an SMS company in the United States. And it was a company that was all about uh, mobile marketing. So the idea was that you could walk by Starbucks and you'd get a coupon or something back then. Ah, okay. Yeah. And so he's like, hey, why don't you? She's, so we started talking and he's like, you sold your company. I sold it for nothing, really, just some stock or something, which I never expected to get anything from. But I love being my own boss and an entrepreneur. And uh, I could never go work for another big company, although ended up, you know, working for Apple. And um, he said, um, why don't you come work with me at my SMS company? And I said, well, I, I don't really think your plan's going to work. And uh, he's like, what do you mean? I said, I don't think people want to just have their phone light up and get a coupon. And he's like, well, then you tell me what our business model should be, because he was kind of struggling as well. Yeah. But he had a bunch of money. So he hired me. I went, and I went to this uh, this trade show, this convention, in the, the first, second week of the job, which was the one of the first uh, uh uh, CTIA, the cellular telephone industry, huge thing, right? And I learned a whole ton and I came back and I was like, totally inspired. Like, I think I have a business plan. Yeah. And so I told him, he's like, what's the plan? I said, we're just going to connect with all these carriers and we're going to run everybody else's messages because text messaging is going to be big and people are going to want to buy stuff, whether it's ringtones or horoscopes mm -hmm. or MTV clips or baseball alerts, all the things we take for granted now, which didn't exist. Yeah. And he's like, that's a really fucking good idea because we had a bunch of the infrastructure. He's like, but how do we charge people? Because everything we built here was to be free, like a yeah. coupon. I was like, well, you figure that out. And, he, and Jeff's like, okay, I'll figure that out. You, you go get me some customers. So this is sort of where the legends of Andy began in a way where I went out and I had all these meetings. I flew all over the place. You know how I kind of roll. And I came back and uh, we had a board meeting the next day. And I said to Jeff, uh, he's like, okay, dude, the board meeting's tomorrow. Like you've got it. I don't even know what we're doing. What, what, what are you going to tell them? Do you have a, a customer who can be like our, you know, every, every business needs like a trial customer, right? A reference customer. I said, I have 50 customers. And Jeff's like, you don't have 50 customers. Don't embarrass me and go in and say, we have 50 customers for a business that doesn't exist. I said, dude, I, I can get them. I can get 50. He's like, please don't say that. Say you can get one. I said, how about three? He's like, just say one and pick your best one. And then we'll, we'll start that way and we'll go. And I was like, okay. And he's like, you're not going to, are you? I said, I, I, I'm with you. He's like, please I'm don't try. Me. No one is going to give you any credibility. You yeah. have zero track record in yeah. this world. You sold the company for nothing. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. So we go into the board meeting, and it's like one of my first board meetings, and you know, you know how they are, right? And so we're like, okay, Andy, you know, get up there. And everyone's all dressed up. I'm not dressed up. And they're like, okay, so uh, where's your slide? And I said, oh, I don't really have a slide for the deck here. I just thought, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk to you what we want to do. So I explain what we want to do, and they're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And I said. This is why it's going to work. And when I get into something, I talk like a mile a minute. I just get super passionate about it. So they were leaning forward and they're like, okay, can we, do we have a, Jeff's like, so tell us about our reference customer. I said, oh, I think we have a reference customer. I, I think actually uh, we can get uh, Univision and uh, and Playboy as Jesus. our customers. Right. Big boys. Big boys. Univision and Playboy. Yeah. Playboy was actually something back there. And Playboy wasn't a dumb idea because as we know, that industry is where all this sort of innovation comes from, micro payments and all these other things. They're like, wow, those are two really big customers. And then I couldn't control myself. I said, I actually have 48 other customers I think I can get. Jesus. <laughs> and just like, please. And they're like, Andy. I was like, yeah, I think we can get all of them. 
And they're like, well, that's crazy. Do you want to list them? I said, yeah, actually, I printed them out. So I handed them all out. And they said, OK, look, of these 50, what's the probability at 50 percent of getting, you know, 10? I said, 100 percent. Yeah. Said, oh, my how God. many are we going to get? I said, we're going to get 50. They're like, we're not going to get 50. They said, OK. Well, I go, guys, what do you want me to say? We're going to get 49. I said, we're going to get these. I guarantee you we have Jesus, them. Jesus, confidence. It's like, well, I will give you a huge bonus if you can get 50. But if you don't get 50, uh, what are you going to give us? I was like, fine, I'll give back half my salary. They're like, okay, done. I was like, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to get these 50 and put my name out here, but this 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 company better have an infrastructure to support these 50 because I'm not on that side of the business. Yeah. And so Jeff was stuck at this point. He's uh, like, yes, we've already talked about this. So if you get 50, yeah. we'll be there ready for you. I was like, okay. So we get out of there and Jeff's like, dude, really? I was like, we're the only ones who are doing this. We already have half the connections all you got to do is get me AT&T as a connection. We'll get everybody. He's like, how are going to walk in and get AT&T? I said, we're going to do it. Long story short, we got all 50. And they were all <laughs> way bigger than we thought. Yeah. And we went from... So what exactly was the service that you were We provide? were carrying text messaging. We were carrying... We were allowing you When to, you say you're carrying, what do you mean? We were the infrastructure. So these carriers being AT&T, Singular, Sprint, yeah. they didn't have infrastructure to handle... What is infrastructure? Infrastructure like uh, the hardware, the software, the, the system to... to say i requested a text message from you you send me back a text message because what happened was for the for the kids out there if you were on at&t and i was on t-mobile yep. we couldn't even you text could not each even other talk. that yeah. was called interoperability yes right so we connected all the carriers together said we'll run it all and we're going to do billing as well so if you want those shitty ringtones for 9.99 a month that's a total ripoff subscription we'll carry that for you if you want the baseball alerts right just get the scores to find out yeah. the red sox one we'll carry that for you for 99 cents so we did all that stuff and the the creme de la creme and the biggest problem of the whole thing God. It was. I got another deal on top of it all that we couldn't resist. It was for a brand new show, which we didn't think there'd be a lot of voting and text messaging for, called American, American Idol. Idol. American Idol. Wait, so let me get this straight. Yes. Okay. You and your company with Jeff Glass, who's our little a, tiny startup, who's a hoot, by the way. He's a brilliant guy. Yeah, brilliant guy, and also a good time. You guys <laughs> created a company yep. that would carry all of the text messages from AT and T. Verizon. So let's call AT&T had 100 million customers with phones and they all texted simultaneously. You created that Kind of, not for personal use, not for like, okay. hey, are you coming home? Okay, hey, are you coming okay, home? okay, okay. For business, anything people wanted to run. Buy what, and stuff. Like uh, alerts, gossip, voting, you know, for, for corporation, really, for companies. Okay. But, so couldn't yeah. resist American Idol. Holy shit. Yeah, right. so we got American Idol. We had no idea how big it was. We never heard of it, right? Yeah. How big it was going to be. It was called like Pop Idol or something in, in England. And that was all free messaging as well, right? And so it started and we couldn't handle it at all. And my 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 next sort of my co-founder of my next business, Ishwar, who was the the, the the chief technology officer, he was like, "Dude, you totally fucked us." Yeah, we had, everyone hated me. Everybody, in the, I'd come to work and I couldn't even look people in the eye. They were sleeping over every day. There was at least twenty engineers every night. Our, you know, we'd build more infrastructure, add more boxes, make more software. Things would go down. People's vote wouldn't count. People would lose their messages. It was so bad. But we're the only game in town for a while. And so we just kept picking up market share. And it was like, I remember having my meetings with my staff. So they'd start 1130 at night. We do 1130, 1230 and 130 because the whole rest of the day was just bananas. And eventually we kind of figured it out. But boy, we pissed off like Major League Baseball. They hated us. 
they made Jeff fly in uh, to meet with uh, Bowman, who's still the head of Major League Advance, uh, Baseball Advanced Media. And Jeff's like, I've never had anyone rip me one like that guy did before. And all I could say was like, I'm sorry. And in my head was like, fuck you, Andy, for, <laughs> for doing this. But long story short, the business had zero revenue first year, zero revenue the second year when I joined. Mm-hmm. Five million the next year, all of it in December. Mm-hmm. Eighty-five million the next year, Jesus. and sold the business for two hundred and seventy million dollars to, to Verisign. To Verisign, yes. Okay, so that's your first. That's the first business, and then the big one. I left right away. Uh-huh. Uh, I went to Verisign and hated it, and yeah. it was not for me. And right away, I was like, I'm a, I'm a, look at me, I'm a mobile entrepreneur. Like I did okay, I made some money, but wasn't I didn't start the company. Yeah, right. I said I'm going to start my own company, and I had all these VCs in Boston saying, Andy, you're a genius. You should do your own company. Let me give you money. So I did, and I said. We can't keep the idea was we can't keep paying for things with our phone bill. Mm-hmm. Like people's phone bill, you know, parents were like, "Whoa, my phone bill is like two hundred dollars. My kid just bought, you know, horoscope yeah. of the month and whatever, you know, MTV music clips of the week or something." Because everything, the internet really wasn't there. So I started a an ad network, a mobile ad network. Like we were familiar, they were barely getting off the ground uh, on the Wired Web here, which supports all the websites. I wanted to do the same for. Um, uh, for uh, mobile advertising. So I was kind of one of the real early guys in mobile advertising. What, what is mobile advertising? Like so, way back when? Way back when. It was before apps. So it was for mobile websites, which usually sucked. First mm-hmm. two customers, Playboy and Univision, same guys. And... Um, we would, you know, insert their ads. So you couldn't just put, you couldn't take, we all take for granted that you open your phone and the web looks great. But back then, you know, they had to make a separate website because they couldn't snap the desktop version into a mobile version. You couldn't run the same ads. You couldn't see them. They weren't optimized for mobile. So we did all that. Jesus. So we started an ad network for that and just picked up all these publishers as we went No, when you're talking about ad, give me an example. Of, I open my phone and what do I see? And what's the purpose of the ad? Back then or now? Or, or now. It's well, still, back, so like, um, um, you know, it could be anything, you know. It could be it's just just like a regular ad. doesn't matter. Any ad you see on a regular website, that's what we would have back then on the on mobile you, web. On your phone. But what happened, and the business was called Quattro Wireless, and it was me and Ishwar, the CTO, who I drove crazy at uh, the technology guy at uh, at uh, MCube, our old business. And um, it was hard because published people didn't necessarily believe in the mobile web yet, and some some were very forward, you know, but they uh, thinking, but the advertisers weren't, and we had to get test budgets, and it was just hustle, hustle, hustle. So I needed to break out from other competitors. I needed a big idea. And so I said, how can I get the best websites? Because if you had the ESPNs or the CNNs or the Univision, you would get, you would get, <laughs> that was for you, you would get, Pro- you would get Procter & Gamble, right? Yeah. You would get big advertisers. And I needed the big advertisers. So I went to these companies. I said, you know what? Your websites suck. Take a look. This mobile is a joke. You're losing customers and more and more people are getting on their phone. How about I make your, I'll control everything i'll make your site for free i'll run the whole thing but just let me keep the ad revenue because it was small and i convinced about 20 big brands to do that so now all of a sudden my ad network had the real big publishers in it you know whereas you know i had cnn i had the weather channel i had all these others whereas the other guys were with you know like you know busty ass girls websites and stuff like that because those are the first ones to uh, the good ones yeah the good ones the (laughs) ones people actually went to yeah so that's how it (laughs) all started that's how it all started lightning fast business got in right at the right time uh, and the whole business was three years and a year into it a year and a half into it 
Ishwar came to me and he said, we need to create an SDK. And I said, I, what's, I don't even know what an SDK is. And that's basically a developer's kit. And I said, why is that? He said, because Apple is, and others are going to create apps and no one's really going to go to the mobile web. They're just going to use apps. Mm -hmm. And I said, what's an app? And we went yeah. and he explained the whole thing. And I said, this sounds like a great idea. And we were like one of the first ones to put ads in apps. And then what happened after a while. So if I'm playing Flappy Bird, it a, a little, little banner. banner. Yeah. Every time I open my solitaire on the on the airplane, another yep. game pops up. That's the sort of ads that you created. Yes. So you guys pretty much created the technology that says any single time you open this, there's a plugin in the background that's going to display an ad. So the pre-roll to that you see in videos, but yes. for mobile, okay. Yeah, with targeting. We'd, we'd use your location. Yeah. We'd use every bit of information we could store about you on your phone before a lot of these privacy issues, but yeah. even, even after, and then give you the right ad. Okay. Right. So you'd get the hymns ad. Yeah. Right. And I wouldn't use it. <laughs> right. We, we made a joke earlier today because hymns is uh, is an erectile this, and hair loss. So I would use it for loss. the hair loss, and you know. And I would use it for the uh, other stuff. No, I don't know. No, no, no. I don't have reptiles uh, <laughs> disorders. Um, so I don't use it for. Uh, you know, it, I, I I'm here to advertise it. Yeah, yeah. great. Product. I would use it. Well, you got to use it before it starts. Because by the time you notice that your hair is being lost, it's like too it's too late. Man. Look at that. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, let's, let's we'll get, get back. back to my let's, hair. Let's Plenty get... of time about that. So, so all of a sudden, um, we're like the app guys, right? Yeah. And there's only and there were a bunch of entries into this space, but now there's only two that really matter. What a genius move to be like so quick to identify something that was going to be big and getting in there from the beginning. I mean, granted, you were doing it before that, but. You know the ad. I mean, obviously, like it's the ads are now massive, and people like me have been able to make a living just off of creating content and getting a percentage of the ad revenue. To give you an example, okay? Yeah. To give you an example, and I, and I don't know the math on this, but to give you an example, every for let's call it every ten thousand dollars that an ad makes, the creator only gets forty percent of it on Twitter, on, on YouTube, or it's a, I don't know if it's forty or forty-four. Mm -hmm. The rest. Oh no no, we get sixty. I don't even know how it breaks down, but it's only a percentage of it, right? Right. So ad is ads are massive and massive and massive, and you got to keep all that revenue for ev for all of the content for a while, there? for a while until it became a real business, and then we said, okay, you know, now we stopped making the websites because mm -hmm. they were making their own. They realized it was a real business, right? Yeah. We helped jumpstart an industry. Yeah. So my career has always been early. Mm -hmm. Even here, right? Uh, tomorrow is our fourth birthday for Energy, which is amazing and, and a blessing and, and a blast. But, uh, you know, it was early four years ago. It's still early now, right, yeah. as a business. But you want to get in early, but not too early. So we were in at a really good time because the Internet was really booming on mobile and smartphones. And then the iPhone came out and every the user experience was better. Yeah. But my philosophy from the beginning was, and I think that's almost why at a subtle level we got along so well when we first met, which was, you got to support the content creators and content needs to be for the most part free or at least uh, ad subsidized so people could see what they're yeah. getting and the content creators can make money also. Mm -hmm. And that was the whole premise behind it, right? Yeah. Just that, you know, let's get, not charge people for every little thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that sort of helped because you didn't have to pay nine ninety nine because the nine ninety nine came on one hour of ad runs, depending on the on the user base, yeah, which is insanity to me. Which is good for us because we get paid, and 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 you guys who are watching this don't have to put up any money to see this content. Any other time in history, you have to pay to be able to be entertained. Yeah. Period. You want to go see a movie? You got to pay your thing. YouTube has allowed you to sort of watch everything for free, but you're paying for it by watching an ad. By clicking on a link, by supporting and using the the codes that mm -hmm. creators use, mm -hmm. so 
you become so big that and 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 so successful in the in the app ad world that Steve Jobs looks at it and says, "I yeah. want so you." So funny story. Basically, early a bunch of entrants, kind of like when we got into esports, and then a couple of years later. 10 or 15 that matter in my mind, like for orgs, kind of like now, mm -hmm. and then a couple winners. And mm -hmm. so it kind of came down to us and this company called AdMob out of California. And AdMob was more like Google AdSense, like, like you need a dentist in Sacramento or mm -hmm. whatever. And we were high, high end, good looking ads, very different business. And they got all the headlines and it pissed me off because they were in Silicon Valley and we were in Boston and they were just the darling and they had a bigger valuation and they had a newsletter that everyone used and all the media newsletters are smart, man. Mm -hmm. Or they had a newsletter with like graphs and data and like every news outlet would use their, their data and put their, you know, courtesy of AdMob, right? It mm -hmm. just made them feel bigger and perceptions reality on some yep. level. And, um, they got bought and uh, for a lot of money. By who? Well, they originally got bought by Apple. That's what the word was. And I was bummed. I was like, Apple, they're in Africa. Apple doesn't do this. Like they were never on our radar. We thought maybe Google would buy us someday yeah. or who knows, Yahoo back then. Yeah. And so I was bummed. So I said, you know what? Let's get out of here. We're working so fucking hard. So I took Ishwar and Lars, my co-founder, uh, to um, England. We flew over to see a Patriots game. Patriots were playing one of those first games at mm -hmm. Wembley, you know. Mm -hmm. And we went, and we were hanging out. We had a bunch of beers the first day, and then we went to the game the second day, and we were wrecked and tired, and we had to walk, like, I remember, like, four miles to get back to wherever we were. Mm -hmm. And my phone rings, which was weird, right, at that time of, uh, in life. Uh, and uh, I pick it up, and um, I'm with the guys, and I just stopped, and they kept walking. And, and uh, it, uh, the phone rings, and it says... Um, the other end of the phone's like, Andy, this is Steve Jobs. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm like totally in the fog. I'm like, oh, great. Okay, thanks. And I hung up. And then the phone rang again a little bit later. And um, it was the head of corp dev, corporate development, the guys who buy companies for Apple. He says, hey, uh, I'm going to put Steve Jobs in. It's really Steve Jobs. Please don't hang up. I was like, okay. And then these guys, my friends just kept walking. And my guys, and so then I listened to him and he's like, well, uh, hey, I've been looking, following you. You know, he'd been really sick and he had just come back for app from Apple. Um, um, he was still very sick. And he's like, I'm really interested um, in buying your company. Is it for sale? And I was like, for real? He's like, yeah, I'd like you to come out to Cupertino. Uh, can you come out tomorrow? I said, uh, no, I'm actually in London, but I can, I'll be out there because I needed to prepare. And I said, sure. I said, you guys, you know, you're really getting into the space. He's like, yeah, I want to buy your company. I said, oh, I, th I thought you bought AdMob. And he's like, no, I want to buy your company. So if you want to come out, come out and I'll hang the phone up now and give you to someone else to arrange it. I was like, okay. So I hung up and then I tried to catch up with the guys. <laughs> I'll never forget. I was like, they're like, who's that? I said, oh, that, that was Steve Jobs. And they're like, yeah, fuck <laughs> you. I'm like, no, I'm serious. That was Steve Jobs. And they're like, they didn't believe me. It took me almost an hour to convince them. I was showing them the number. They're like, oh, you're messing with us. I was like, guys, we're going to go home tonight if we can because we need to prepare. Or we're just going to go back to the room. We need to prepare for the next three hours, the next three days because we're going to Cupertino to present to Steve Jobs mm -hmm. to sell this company. And eventually they believed me. And, um, and it was crazy. And it was one of the craziest days of my life. It had to have been like something impossible to, to, to like believe. It's not. It's not like, oh, hey, it's Brad Pitt on the line. And yeah. it was, it's, it's like leader of the free world, Steve Jobs. Yeah, leader of the free world, Steve He's Jobs. He's scary dude. He was a scary guy. Trust me. And we went out there, and he only wanted to beat Ishwar and myself because Ishwar is a technologist who's much more important in his mm -hmm. world than me. Mm -hmm. And Ishwar was a fanboy. 
each one, you know, there's Hector fanboys. Each one is a, it was an SJ fanboy, like everything. He knew everything about it. I wasn't really. Like, mm -hmm. I was impressed. And it was amazing. I couldn't believe I was there. And uh, we go into the boardroom after about five hours of being grilled and prepared by other executives because they'd already done a ton of research on us. They wanted to buy our company, mm -hmm. but you had to pass the Steve test. And there was a lot of things. What do you mean the Steve? There was a lot. Of, well, if Steve said no, you were done. Yeah. He never took a meeting by himself. So there was going to be a bunch of people in the room on the executive team. And he had a lot of quirks and things that he was going to do. And they prepared me ahead of time, which was kind of cool of them because they didn't for other people. Yeah. For example. Well, that, that, that shows that they wanted they the company wanted and happen. they needed it to, to work. So they tried to prep you. They wanted it to work. Yeah. Right. But Steve was tough. So this is a good one. If you want, you should try this Hector as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, Steve would do this as well. He'd say... Um, so Hector, um, so you're really you're really close with your dad, huh? Mm -hmm. uh, Sixty seconds, mm -hmm. nothing. Got to hold the gaze. Don't say anything. People get so uncomfortable. Granted, it's Steve Jobs, but yeah. also in life, that's what happens. People yeah. just get uncomfortable. So it was his litmus test to determine if you were a bozo or not. Okay. You're either a hero or a bozo. Okay. Bozos were going to fill up that uncomfortable silence with some bullshit, and he was going to know you weren't the guy, that you'd never be able to negotiate for him. You'd never be able to pull through in the clutch for him. So he gave me about 60 seconds, mm -hmm. which felt like six hours. I was like, oh, my God, I'm just holding the gate. <laughs> and finally, I was like... Can I help you? <laughs> Everything okay? Yeah. And he was like, uh, okay, yeah. And then he'd ask you a bunch of questions, right, about your family, your dad. And he would store it away. Maybe he'd use it right away. Maybe he'd use it in a year, but he'd come back, you know, in a meeting. And maybe you had, it was a poor meeting in his mind, and he'd bring you over. He'd be like, Hector, you think, you're, you're, you said your dad worked like three jobs and, and moved you from Juarez, Mexico, and just to give you this life. You think he'd be appreciated with the bullshit performance you made here today? Jesus and Christ. <laughs> yeah. I literally, I just choked up a little bit. Just yeah. saying, I'm like, oh man, I got to do more podcasts. Yeah, he knows what made you tick. Whatever it was, he'd store it away. Yeah. He'd keep it and he'd, he'd, and he'd whip it out. And you you wanted to please him. You, everybody wanted to please Steve. And, and if you told him, I can do this, man. I can do it in six months. He's like, he's like, great, you've got four weeks. And you'd say, I can't, I, there's no software. I can't make software. I can't even do this in four weeks. You have four weeks. And you would. And they did. They always did. And everybody at Apple was amazing. And everybody thought their shit didn't stink and they were arrogant and it was a wonderful exciting place to be in especially then you know the ipad just came out and everything else and you felt you could do anything for this guy yeah so and we wait we, we skipped a lot oh so, yeah so, so i gotta tell about that meeting yeah so that's the best part so we go to the meeting and fanboy ishwar right away starts babbling and he's looking at him and he's going like this and he says could you explain that again i'm sorry and so ishwar explains again he's like one more time really not getting it and ishwar says okay well with our ads and the other, other Android ads and another platform, you can kind of create a lowest common denominator to run across all the platforms, whether it's an Apple phone or a Google phone. The Google phone's coming out. And I was like, that's probably not a good thing to say, mm -hmm. right? And I look at Steve, and Steve looks at me. And if that's, if, if that's Ishwar, he just puts his hand up in his face. He looks at me and says, I'm not talking to him again. I've done everything in my life to be anything but the lowest common denominator. Mm -hmm. How dare you come into my boardroom and say that? Yeah. I was like, Okay, let's keep talking. Yeah. Without you. Yeah. Stop talking, you swear. And, um, and then it took about three or four hours to get back into it. 
Okay. And uh, and then uh, and it was one of my better performances. I've definitely had some duds in my life, but I kind of felt like I had nothing to lose at that point. So it was actually actually kind of freeing. Yeah. And I was good, and I was answering his questions. And then I kind of thought I had him because he asked me if I had kids. Mm-hmm. And then I asked him if he had kids, mm-hmm. which I should have known. I didn't know if he had kids, and he yeah. got a little choked up because yeah. he was dying. And because uh, I said, "Are oh, your kids in college?" And yeah, he was yeah. like, "I'm, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to see my son graduate." It was sad. Oh yeah, no. It he... was said he weighed like 100 pounds. You know, it was just ball up more energy than I've ever had in my whole life, even yeah. then. And um, and then he looks at me and he says, "How much am I buying your company for?" This is a little known story. I guess I can say it now. It's yeah. been so long ago. I, I said, um, um, "We have a deal, 325 million." And he looks over at Peter Oppenheimer, who is the uh, CFO of Apple. And he's like, "What?" I'm spending three what three hundred twenty five million for Andy's piece of shit company. He said that, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, here we go. Is yeah. he going to test me as a negotiator, yeah, yeah. or is he really going to like yeah. you know? And he said, uh, Peter's like, well, that that's what we've negotiated, yeah. And um, and uh, he's like, well, I'm not paying that, Andy. I said, well, uh, well, that's the deal here. He's like, well, I'm not paying that. Your company's not worth that. I said, well, well I think I think we are. And he's like, no, what can we do? I said, um, I, don't, I don't really understand. Are you asking me to negotiate against myself? He's like, um, I'll pay you 275. And I said, um, no, like we have a deal, man. He's like, we don't have a deal until I say we have a deal. You understand? Mm-hmm. I said, fair, but I think you're retrading. And he's like, uh, you know, retrade is a bad word. Yeah, right? of course. Like yeah. we've called, we, there's other words, you know, in our growing up, right? Yeah. And um, he's like, are you calling me a retrader? I said, with all due respect, I think so, because I came in here thinking we had a deal for, you know, I told my board we have a deal for 325 and I'm going to walk out of here at 275. He's like, how about this? He leans in. He's like, come here. He goes, how about you tell your board back in Boston that, oops, Andy's little ads don't work anymore on Apple phones. And then see how good your business is and Jesus, how much it's worth. Jesus, talk about a flex. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God. I Imagine like, that. Yeah, I was like, 275 sounds pretty good, brother. And he looks at me and goes, can you land this plane? And I was like, aye, aye, captain. He's like, that makes no sense. That's a boat metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> I remember saying that. <laughs> I was like, all right, 275. I was like, all right. And uh, that was it. Shook his hand. Actually, did not shake his hand. Just looked at him. He looked at me. He's like, we're done here. I'll see you around campus. And he said, oh, yeah, by the way, you need to move everybody to, to Cupertino. I said, I have 150 people who work for me. He's like, yeah, move them all. I was like, we're all from Boston. He's like, no, no, don't move them all. Leave the bozos back in Boston where they belong. Move the good people out here. I was like, oh, gosh. So uh, that was the deal. That was part of it. That's how I ended up in, at Apple. I reported to Steve for, until he died for a couple of years, and I learned a ton. Unbelievably stressful. Unbelievable. If I had any hair at the time. Yeah. I had a little hair at the time, actually. Yeah. A little bit. Gone. I worked my ass off 24 hours a day. I bought a house because I, I was commuting from Boston right in his neighborhood. As you saw, like I didn't even know he lived there, mm-hmm. honestly. And it was he hated the fact that I lived near him because uh, I was seeing what was happening with his sort of health. And uh, it was all Steve all day, 24 hours a day. Tuesday meeting at 1.30 yeah. w- was it. That was it. Like It was the scariest time of my life at those Tuesday meetings. I'd meet with him in front of the whole executive team, almost the whole executive team, because he was terrified that ads were going to fuck up his customer you know, mm-hmm. loyalty. The experience, yeah. yeah. And so he had everybody in there. And every time I won something, I'd try and not bring it in. Oh, and he told me, and this is a good tip for you young entrepreneurs out there, that um, I was a very complicated man, which is not a compliment, right? Mm-hmm. His whole world is about simplicity. In fact, right outside of the the... the creative group in Apple. They have this big mural and it says simplicity, simplify, crossed out, simplify, crossed out, simplify. And that's what it was for him. You had to boil everything down into its essence. 
And then he didn't even want me to hand stuff for him to read or look at because then I would kind of frame his thoughts. It was just boil everything down into its essence. I'm going to trust everything you say. The day I don't trust what you say, you're gone. You don't belong in this boardroom anymore. And save me the time so we can make an informed decision. And this was a, this is the most amazing executive team. Look what they've done, right? The yeah, most valuable company in the world. They've all been there forever. There's no focus groups. Like you always, you, you say a few. I don't want to, you know, yeah, blow sunshine do. up your ass. Please do. But like you say similar <laughs> things, right? Like, you know. Sometimes people don't know what they need until you give it to them, right? Mm -hmm. And that was his thing as well. I'm not going to have a focus group to tell me what this thing should yeah. look like or what color I should have, you know? I'm going to show them, you know, what they don't know. And, um, and it was all like you, like surprise and delight. He was a pleaser on some level. Unbelievable attention to detail, like ridiculous. Every little thing, he'd make you go back a hundred times for it. Even if he was fine with it, he'd still mm -hmm. make you go back and do it because he wanted you to train you in that way. And for me, I was too complicated. I, he'd say, exact, you use 10 words when you can use one. You can use a picture instead of, you know, I don't want to see a deck with a hundred words on it. Uh, I want you to think like an Apple guy. And that was really hard for me. And now I think that's why I'm such a good multitasker mm -hmm. and why I get so frustrated probably with our employees sometimes mm -hmm. because they need to simplify their world because if they're giving you everything and then you're simplifying it it's exhausting yeah and my meetings with him were scary and legendary and they i got some great stories there of him <laughs> abusing me on some level and other levels you know building me up and making me a man and uh and uh it was incredible that's gotta be like i mean imagine how many people get to work for a genius like that like literally changed the world right i mean in my I opinion i agree yeah so that's that's, I never took it for granted. Yeah. I did one day, and the la only time I ever did, I sat in the room, and he was talking, and he was talking to Tim Cook, who's now the CEO, who's another genius, and Scott Forstall, another genius who created uh, the iOS platform, and Eddie Q, who runs iTunes, and he's amazing, and all these guys. I looked around, and I was like, how the fuck did I get here? I had this <laughs> out-of-body thing. I was like, what is happening? They were talking about something with Obama, I remember, and I was like, what is happening? And then Steve looked at me, and he said, what do you think, Andy? And I was like, uh, um, he's like, you weren't paying attention, were you? And I was like, no. And he was actually nice to me. He's like, look, everybody here except for you, I hired, I bought you. You're not an Apple guy. Maybe someday you'll be an Apple guy, but you got to earn your way into the boardroom. You haven't earned your way in here. So I didn't really want your opinion. I don't really care. Mm -hmm. uh, but I noticed you weren't paying attention. And if I ever notice that again, you'll never be in here and you can go back to Boston. That's amazing. I was like, okay. Sorry. That is amazing. Yeah. I wish somebody did that to me. I'm shitting myself. Well, so, yeah, I, I, I imagine that. Like, it, it, and that happens. I would be the worst person to be there because I, I daydream a lot. You know, I'm always like, oh, my brain's like this, this, this. That's what uh, makes you special. No, maybe. Yeah, but not to Steve Jobs. Who was, you know, <laughs> he's pretty similar. He, he would value the creative. You know, I, we, you and I say this in, in our presentation for our, for our. our uh, our fundraising and just with our employees is that like Steve's big thing was um, he believed that Apple sat at the intersection of liberal arts and technology, right? He'd have a street sign on his on his presentation to the employees every year, and it would be a street sign with liberal art, Apple, liberal arts and technology, and uh, that's the corner there. Meaning he could go out and hire because he's Apple, the best software coder in the world, but he'd rather hire a great software coder who also did stand-up comedy, wrote his own music, uh, baked cakes, did calligraphy, mm -hmm. had, in, could inject everything he's doing with some kind of culture and design yeah. and art. And that's kind of the way we look at energy, right? Like we could just be an esports team uh, and, and that's great. And, you know, we've been trying, but we also look at ourselves as, you know, trying to be part of gaming culture and do a lot more than just, you know, wins Compete. and losses. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It's a, 
I, I can't even imagine, you know what I'm saying, like being on the phone with somebody that great, you know? It was terrifying. Yeah. I really liked him a lot, and, and he liked me, which was great. He was My dad died after like three months of being there. He was wonderful to me. Um, but um, I have one amazing story. It's a little long. But uh, well, tell me. Let, let, yes. just let me give, give a quick shout out to the to the sponsors. All right, here we go. Hims coming back for a fourth or fifth week. So I certainly appreciate that and love to see it. Sixty six percent of men lose their hair by the age of thirty five. The problem is that by the time you realize that your hairline's receding and it's going way back there, it might be a little bit too late because it's easier to keep the hair that you already have than to bring back the hair that you have lost already. And, uh, and, and it's as simple as this. Do you want a ball spot to pop up out of nowhere? Do you want to do something about it first? I sure don't, which is why I like to keep the mane the way that the mane is. So I obviously use the hair loss uh, application. Now, I don't need it. Obviously, I have an excellent set of hair, but I still use it just in case. I don't know what's going to happen next year. What if my diet messes it up for some reason? Or what if I'm fishing way too much and the sun starts to burn my hair follicles? I don't know how science works, but I take advantage of, uh, of this opportunity and I do what I do. Okay, because it's easy, because thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims connects you to the real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. Well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair? No, no, no. No snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. Prescription solutions backed by science. Science is cool. Science is cool. Science is cool. Science is cool. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it's a pretty pretty funny thing. Uh your doctor will answer the quick few questions and they'll give you a prescription that will help you, uh, you know, control the things that needs to be controlled because it helps everything. Hair loss, erectile dysfunction, premature eruption, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and the products are shipped to your door in a secret, in a secret box. Nobody's going to know what you're getting or receiving. Uh, so it's pretty, pretty easy. If you order right now, all of the eavesdrop listeners get a trial month of FIMS for just $5 today right now while supplies last. You got to go to the website to see the full detail and safety information. This would cost hundreds, if not hundreds of hundreds of dollars if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. Go to 4 slash eavesdrop. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash eavesdrop. 4 forward slash eavesdrop and get a trial month of hymns for just five dollars today again at http forward slash forward slash for hymns.com forward slash eavesdrop act now don't be bald later act now don't arrive too soon all right we're gonna move on to the second sponsor always 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 a pleasure to see this one come back as it is with usual and as per usual uh express vpn i don't get, i ever ever get tired of telling you the story of the time the mixwell got off the plane in O'Hare Airport, and immediately by the time that he got to the house, his account was gone. His Twitter account, everything was hacked. And that's because you're using an open uh, Wi-Fi service out there. You just can't do that, okay? VPN secures and anonymizes your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. It is an application that runs seamlessly on the back of your phone when you log on to that because you admit it. You think the cyber attack and cyber crimes only happen to people like me, like uh, Nature, like Scumpy, and like Mixwell. You literally think that it only happens to people who are public personalities, but it doesn't. It happens to everyday Joes like we used to be and like you probably are. You want to make sure that you protect your stuff. You know, at least we got connections over at Twitter. Shout out to my man Rishi who could get my account back in no time, but you probably can't. Okay, and you may think that no one wants your data or the hackers can't grab your passwords or credit card details, but you're wrong. Stealing data from unsuspecting people in public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest and cheapest ways for hackers to make money. When you leave your Internet connection unencrypted, you might as well be writing your passwords in the God 
damn credit card numbers all over a huge billboard and you don't want that you don't want to give people access to all of your monies keep it that's why i decided to take action to protect myself from cyber criminals i use expressvpn on my phone and also at the hex quarters as you know um it has easy-to-use setups to run seamlessly in the background of your computer, phone, and tablet, as I explained. Uh, turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. Using ExpressVPN can safely allow you to serve public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. Right now, for less than $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN that I use. Uh, and it's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guaranteed. Okay, so your seven bucks will go right back to you, uh, or whatever it is. I, I think it's, uh, yeah, you get that back. It's, it's a 30-day 30, uh, 30 money-back guarantee, uh, period. Okay, so pretty much if you go to uh, expressvpn.com forward slash X, you can protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free. That's three months free at expressvpn.com forward slash X. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com forward slash H-3-Z-Z for three months free. With a one-year package, visit expressvpn.com forward slash H3CC to learn more. Back to Andy and me, back at the Hex Quarters now. So, please tell me the story. I don't it's, care how long it all is. All right. We all, we all want to know. The Matt's over there shaking his head up. It's a down. great story. It's the ultimate Andy story. Um, okay. So I'm just hesitant because usually when, if you talk about Apple on some level, it comes back to you in a bad way. And mm -hmm. we have a great relationship and we're obviously going to be doing things with Apple. But um, I had to show Steve what the ads were going to look like. And we were the high-end ads, the beautiful ads, mm -hmm. using all their technology, HTML5 and all mm -hmm. these things like that. And um, he wanted me to show him examples. So the, my first meeting, I came and I said, this is the type of stuff we can do. And I showed an example from Sears. And I showed an example from McDonald's and I showed an ad that we mocked up from like a hardware store or something. And it was trying to show that, hey, if it's 32 degrees in Chicago, our software would recognize or it was about to snow that we'd put the shovel ad up, right? Wow. And so I got in about 10 minutes into the ads and everyone's laughing except for Steve. And I'm like, I'm fucked. Something's bad here. Yeah. And so uh, Steve's like, I'm going to leave for a second here. Could you guys all explain why we're going to kick Andy out of the room and I'll be back to save me some time? Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, sure. So he leaves and they're like, dude. You can't have Sears. Sears is a brand that's going out of business. McDonald's is like childhood obesity <laughs> and uh, a shovel. Steve is all about the high end, the beautiful. You got to come back. You got to do things, you know, better. This has to look better. I was like, oh, okay, I got it. So I come back the next week and I got my new ads and I got a little better brands and they're, you know, they look okay. And I put the first one up. I, I can't remember what it was for. And he's like, no, we're done here. I was like, why? He's like, these, these are ugly. This is stupid. This is not what we're doing here. One more chance. I'm like, can I get some feedback? He's like, no, you should figure it out by now. He's getting annoyed. So I came back a third time and um, I showed him this ad. And I, we stayed up. He's like, I'll give you two days. Yeah. I mean, you can't build an ad in two days, something beautiful. We stayed up all night. I had everybody all night working at all this stuff. And I come in, I put the thing up. I don't say a word. He's like, no. I said, Steve, I literally said, Steve, what the hell, man? What am I going to do here? He's like, he's like, this is awful. He's like, do you have, I don't know who you are. Do you have any design sense? Like, what are you doing here? What are these brands? Mm -hmm. I said, you bought an ad network, not an ad agency. I don't have a group of designers here. Mm -hmm. I don't have, you know, amazing artists. I don't have motion graphic. I don't have anything. I got a bunch of guys from Boston who were scrappy enough to put a company together that mm -hmm. suckered you into buying it. I literally said it like that. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? Fair. I'm, I appreciate you, you talking back to me. He's like, come into my office. Never been. So I come into his office and. Um, what is this office like? 
uh, can you talk if you can't? What's that mean? You know, he was a minimalist. Yeah, yeah. He had boxing gloves from Muhammad Ali. He goes, set your stuff well, up. I have a boxing glove from KSI. Look right at that. There. Same, same, same thing. KSI, yeah. Muhammad Ali, right? So he's like, I want you to set up. He asked his guy to come in and uh, set my computer up on uh, in his desk area and make a presentation uh, one more time, basically. And, and he's like, I'm going to give you a, a couple guys a little bit of advice. Da, 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 da. You come back, come in and present. So I come back and I, I'm all set up like in his office on his desk with his shit around and I go to present and I get through the first one and he's like, okay, and I go into the second one. And he's like, I- I've had enough. I've really just had enough. I'm done here. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't know whether to fire you or to help you. I said, am I, am I capable of being helped? Like I tried to be humorous, which wasn't working. He's like, this is what I'm gonna do. Presses a button and he says, get me Hiroki Isai. Hiroki was a skateboard kid from Cupertino who interned at one point years ago with uh, the design group in Apple and he created something and uh, some design or artwork. And eventually stuff gets, everything got presented to Steve and Steve didn't want to see the VP who presented, he wanted to see the kid who made it. He wanted to see the engineer who designed it, right? So he saw Hiroki stuff, he's like, holy shit, this kid's amazing. I want to, who is this? Bring him here. And he became Steve's confidant. He became Steve's design guy. Like everything had to go through Hiroki. So he brought him in and Hiroki's cool as shit. I fucking love the guy. He's like, this is Andy Miller. He has no fucking clue what he's doing. You need to take him back to your group. He was the marketing communications group and make me three or four ads and see if you can save this guy's job. And Hiroki like winks at me. He's like, okay. And Hiroki leaves. And he's like, and so Steve's like, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Get out now. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So I have my bag and my shit. He's like, no, get everything. Just get out. I'm giving you like no time. I want you to run down. I don't even know. I didn't even know where the Marcom place was. Yeah. I had no idea. And Hiroki was gone. So I'm looking around. He's like, I'm in my office. You have to leave. So I'm like, all right. So I'm like, I got my bag and I'm taking wires. You know, I'm all set up. They're taking my shit apart on a laptop, like mouse, put, my, my, put everything in my bag. He's like, are you still here? I have, I have work to do here. Like you've wasted enough of my time. I'm like, fine. I was like, could you tell me where that? He's like, get, just get out mm-hmm. of my fucking office. Mm-hmm. So I go outside, I got my bag. She's like, yeah, everyone's waiting for you in the Marcom. I was like, could you tell me where that is? She's like, okay. Apple's big. He's like, yeah. go down here. I'm running. I got my bag. I got my everything. My phone's ringing like crazy because all my guys who've been up all night want to know how things are going. Ringing, ringing, ringing. I don't touch it, right? I go into the Marcom group. I'm like sweaty now because it's hot down there. And uh, I open the door and they're like, are you Andy Miller? I'm like, yeah. They like, come back here. I go into a room the size of the hex quarters. There's like, 40 people in there, no exaggeration. And, and Hiroki's like, dude, we've all been there. You're gonna be fine. Put your bag down, have some water, take a deep breath. Show everybody, uh, I'm gonna show everybody what you did. And they all laughed. He's mm-hmm. like, this is what we're gonna do. I look around and there was already four ads on the wall. There was a Target ad, there was a Nike ad, there was a Mini Cooper ad, I think, and uh, something else. Uh, and these are, and I was like, okay. And Hiroki's like, these are the brands Steve likes. Mm-hmm. These are the brands he represents. Dyson, mm-hmm. Dyson, he just, you know, the Dyson, the drive, yeah, like, he liked their design. Yeah. He's like, this, this is what you have to start with. Mm-hmm. And then we have to incorporate uh, elements and, and features of uh, the iPhone that you could use, like the gyroscope or whatever. I was like, oh, this is great. And these guys are going, they're motion graphics guys and the best in the world. I'm like, this is everything I want. I'm just sitting back. I'm like, you guys are amazing. I love you. They're asking me questions. 
phone ringing nonstop. First, I think it's my wife saying like, how to go? Cause she knew this was like my last shot with him. And then I'm like, it's my guys. And her says, put your, please just put your phone down. Like we got everyone's attention. Ringing, 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 ringing. So finally, uh, the, there's a knock on the door about half an hour later. Cause I never pick it up. And it's the woman who runs the group, the, the executive assistant. And she comes in and she's like, is there an Andy Miller here? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, Steve Jobs on the phone for you. Anyone, you haven't picked up your phone. I was like, um, okay. She's like, yeah, but before you pick up the phone, he sent two people over to see you. I was like, okay. Door opens, two police officers. They come in and I'm like, what the hell? And they're like, here, it's Steve Jobs. Please pick up the phone. And they're right next to me. And I'm like, I'm in front of like 50 people now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm like, hello, Steve. And Steve's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm with Hiroki. And he's like, where have you been? I said, just, uh, you told me to go to Hiroki. I ran, I ran over here. He's like, uh, I have one question for you. I was like, yeah. He's like, why did you steal my laptop? I was like, what? He's like, you, you stole my laptop. I was like, I, I, I didn't steal it. He's like, look in your bag. I look in my bag, I'm like, fuck. No. I was so scared. Yeah. I took his laptop. Yeah. I took his mouse and I took his mouse pad. You stole Steve. I stole Steve's uh, the, 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 Okay, look, uh, I, I know you know this. You saw what happened to the guy that walked out with that phone and left it at the at the thing? I do. I was shitting myself. So he's like, tell me why you stole it. And I said, because I'm an idiot. And I was scared. And Hiroki's like, Steve, I've been with him the whole time, which he hadn't been. He's like, he didn't. He's like, I want to know if you copied, if you took it. I was like, I didn't do anything. I swear to God, I didn't do anything. I was like, I'm going to get fired. Like, this is a you, well, you know, from, from Steve's perspective, and I'm not pretending to understand yeah. the genius. If I'm him and I'm like, writing you as you know as hard as i am to make you the best you you can be and you're under sort of the impression that i might fire you because you're fucking up in my in my eyes you may be great but you could go be great somewhere else true right i can see why like he'd be like oh my god i'm about to fire this this dude's probably trying to get some dirt on me on like you know what i'm saying like you know what I'm saying? so i understand like intensely private guy like yeah, no, never i'm never even allowed in his office ever that was a fluke this is the dude that never got a license plate on his car and True. paid for it bought True. a new car every three months so he wouldn't so all right yep. so that's insane so i was like uh, i'm an idiot and everyone laughed i said steve i swear i didn't steal it so i look in there he's like I go, he goes, all right, I got you. She's like, give it back. Mm -hmm. So hand it over to the officers. So I reach in my bag. I take, out the, I take out the laptop. I give it to him. I reach in my bag. I look around. I take out the mouse pad. I give it to him. I look in my bag, and there's his mouse. And I'm like, that's all I got. Because I thought I was going to get fired. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm keeping his mouse. Yeah. <laughs> so I still have it in my house now. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> yeah, I should have shown it to you when he came <laughs> over. Yeah, I got it in my house. I'm, like, I'm keeping Steve Jobs' mouse. That was it. So that was a story. Meanwhile, you know what? You know what my collection of things needs. Steve Jobs, man. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> no, let's not. You How keep that. How funny. Yeah. So um, that's and nuts. then those guys made the greatest ads, and we came back, and I presented it, and Steve was like, "Great job. Yeah. Today you're an Apple person. Mm -hmm. Now you understand what you want to do, and that's what he wanted. You know, that's the way he taught, and uh, the guy was he could do anything. He was brilliant." Jesus, man! It's Imagine just—it's uh, like the responsibility to be Steve Jobs. Like it could not have been easy. Imagine waking up every morning, looking in the mirror, and be like, "I'm Steve Jobs." Imagine waking up every day and not liking ninety-nine percent of what you see because you felt it was inferior or you could do. Better. Is that not me, Matt? He Matt told me today that I need to put something up there that says, uh, "What never satisfied," never satisfied. but it's not that. But I mean, I, I, people like that are the ones that change the world. They do everything they look at. Everything they look at, they're like, 
Uh, why why is this desk? Why is the wood like this with the grains? That's so cheap. Like she should have put one large swath, you know, like everything, which is why he, you know, was a minimalist. Changed, that's why he changed the world too, right? Because he didn't like any. That's a look. As much as a as a pain that that must have been, because you can't like being unhappy every single. And I'm not saying unhappy in the yeah. terms of like that, but sadness. But seeing something and seeing like the design of of this. Manfrotto tripod and you're like well I don't like the way that it curves to the side why isn't it lined up it looks yeah. like it's gonna imagine you know, getting that in your head being obsessed about it yeah, yeah. And just, I mean I can't claim that I knew him as well as yeah. others but uh, yeah I mean that's the way he looked he just looked at things differently he thought differently thus the ad campaign think different literal genius like, yeah man. that's how Jesus. there are people like that out there yeah yeah it's amazing it's amazing that so, is that's so that awesome. exhausting well listen thank you for sharing all that uh, I think this is by far my favorite podcast already just because of the story alone. Uh, obviously, being a, a big Apple fame, you yeah. know, fanboy myself. Um, why esports? You, 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 you were successful very early on. When you could have been a lawyer at any firm and you could have continued to go, you have that personality where you're just going to be successful, period. End of story. That's just people, the way people are made. You sell your first company, uh, you didn't make that much. On the second one, you did make money. And then yeah. on the third one, you obviously, that you sold to Apple, you obviously like killed it. Esports. Yeah. So I love sports. I love gaming. I wasn't a big gamer, but I yeah. played a lot. So I tell me, before we get there, yes. sorry to interrupt. Kings, Sacramento Kings. Yeah. How did that? So, all right, now I got a bunch of money, right? I'm working for Apple. Steve, Steve passed. <laughs> Steve passed, and I didn't want to stay, mm -hmm. and I wanted to get into stuff. Uh, so I bought a minor league baseball team. I love baseball. And um, minor league baseball was really interesting. I learned a lot about the business of business as opposed to the business of baseball. Mm -hmm. Minor league baseball, for those of you who don't know, the minor league teams are, for the most part, not owned by the parent franchise. So we were the Modesto Nuts, and we were the high single A team for the Colorado Rockies out in Modesto, California. We had nothing to do with the players except for housing them. We didn't pay their salaries, coaches, nothing. Everything between the white lines was Colorado Rockies. Mm -hmm. Everything else was us. So we had a little stadium. We had a video board. We had sponsors. We had you know, events. We had marketing, social media. And I really liked it. I thought that was great. And I said, I want to get into major league sports. And um, I wanted to buy the Oakland A's. Now, I didn't have enough money to do that myself by any stretch, so I started just networking with people like Mark Masterov, first guy I met, and who's a uh, co-founder at Energy, and um, he's like, I love basketball, but I'll, I'll go down this so road. So Mark Masterov created? 24-Hour Fitness. So he's the genius that said, you know what? All these gyms are sitting at night. People still want to work out at night. Exactly. And not only that, but there's a lot of struggling gyms out there, so I could just go into this place and offer people money rebranded to that open at 24 7 and he figured out the business model uh a guy by the name of shaquille o'neal called him up when he uh shaquille o'neal yeah, yeah. Our, our buddy here he called him up out of the blue looked him up said who's the ceo of this because i'm moving to i'm in orlando now he wanted to work out at night i don't know why he didn't work out with the magic or whatever and he said um there's no gyms open at night here. And I know you do 24 hour fitness in California or something. Can I buy, do gyms with you here? And that's how Mark and Shaq mm -hmm. became best buddies. Same with Magic Johnson and Mark. Mark knows everybody. Mm -hmm. He's an amazing mentor for me, a wonderful guy. And uh, I reached out to him through a contact and talked about, you know, I thought he was, he probably thought it was endearing that I was like, I want to buy the Oakland A's. Like, what mm -hmm. do I know? Right. And so, long story short, uh, the Sacramento Kings came up uh, because Steve Ballmer actually technically bought the Sacramento Kings. He bought them and was gonna move them to Seattle. And it ended up being a big fight. And um, the Sacramento 
fans are the best, the best in the world. They deserve, a, they deserve a franchise. They sell out that place even when the team's been horrible for a long time. They bleed purple. And Commissioner David Stern at the time was a big fan. And he was like, look, we're not going to let this team leave without a fight, but there's got to be a group here to buy from the Maloofs and keep the team if mm-hmm. you would build a new stadium. And so we turned our attention there. We brought in some bigger, wealthier people than me, and uh, Mark helped really put it all together, and I was along for the ride. And uh, about eight of us, you know, major groups, uh, ended up buying the Kings. And uh, we built a beautiful stadium up there at Golden One Center. And um, the whole downtown area has just been booming. Sacramento's been booming. So really got into sports. That's how I got more time with Mark. Mark and I have kids. He has a lot of big, blonde, beautiful Division One athlete kids, and I have uh, the opposite, <laughs> nerdy and uh, gamers, but they would all play games together, and it was like the great equalizer, especially my older son, uh, who's who's hilarious theater kid, tiny, but he would crush everybody in the different games. And... Um, I just started watching them and their habits, and Mark and I were like, "Geez, our kids never watch TV. They don't even watch sports, even though we own a team. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they like going, but they don't watch the team. They were watching Twitch. They were they were watching Soda Pop, and which is funny because he's our one of our mm-hmm. co-owners. And I started looking at his numbers and the size of his audience. I was like, "This is bigger than the Kings, you know, home television audience." So Mark and I were like, "Let's buy a team. Let's do it ourselves." So we got. Uh, just the two of us at first, we got a League of Legends team, Energy uh, League of Legends four years ago, the ill-fated Energy uh, years. We actually did pretty well our first uh, split, and then we got relegated Mm -hmm. to Echo Fox, of all things, how how ironic. Uh, And um, we learned a ton. And Mm -hmm. by the time we were doing that, we brought Shaq in, and he was like, look, man, you can't live and die on, you know, winning and losing, but you've got to build, you know, a brand, an infrastructure to be a, a winner. And so that's what we did. And so we bought a Counter-Strike team. We got a Rocket League team. We kept growing and growing and going. And uh, around the edges, scraping for every bit of attention, every like, every retweet. And um, it took a bunch of years until this year where we've had an, you know, an insane run of winning. Mm-hmm. You know, from the Shock winning the Overwatch League to all of our Apex championships, all the Fortnite guys, all the money they won, Rocket League, you know, doing their thing and making it to the finals and losing every year. Uh, you can go all the <laughs> way down, all, all the way down the list. Uh, Counter Strike number one in the world before you know. Then we sold we sold them. So it's been wonderful. And um, and then you, and then uh, you know this with, with our with entering. Call of Duty and Chicago and the reception of the Green Wall and we can get to that and you coming in, but like this year has been a blessing, like a bit what a journey from where we were four years mm-hmm. ago to you know to where we are now. That's that's like super crazy, because you know as I've obviously lived this thing for the last ten to thirteen years, probably longer, yeah, thirteen years. I've lived and breathed this thing, so you know in the beginning I hoped that it would get to this. I knew it would get here. I just hoped that what I was hoping would be like the thing so when people like you started to, to come into the space like i got super amped about it and i'm like man true businessmen are going to come in here and like revolutionize the way that we think things and for the most part it works and then you know obviously like the little twist that as esports people we have to apply to this because it's a sport on the in a, in a weird realm yeah. called the called the internet above anything but what uh what sort of future did you see in it that you're like you know what as a businessman this makes sense well, I looked at who was watching, just mm-hmm. like I did with the the advertising companies. Like, who's using the phone back? Who is text messaging? You know, is the kids, right? Uh, teenagers and 
young adults and it's no different here and that's where the buying power is as the people who change the world those are people with you know the ideas that's who everybody wants to reach so i was like wow that's quite a cohort of people all doing one thing and then as i got in there i learned about all these different communities which some people think is hard to make mm -hmm. a business because you know guys who love cod don't necessarily love overwatch and the smash community is very different from the gears community so but i loved it because it was all about gaming and i hate that everyone lumps everyone together esports is not it's community after community yeah and i love what you were doing i love what soda was doing i love twitch i was fascinated by twitch and, and youtube and i said this is really a modern day media company eventually right this is a content business with gaming you know professional gaming as its underpinning and then you know it's just evolved i think uh to that at least for for what we're trying to build yeah so you obviously from a business perspective you see it you see the 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 bright and shiny lights in the future because i do i'm very passionate about this I, I i consider this my life's work i'll do this until the day that i'm that i'm old and gray um but there are a lot of things out there that that say, "Well, this is just a little bit too much, too soon." Could be, could be, right? But I, I don't, I don't think. I mean, it's, it's for me, it's a, I, I, I don't know if I oversimplify things, but to me, it's more about the common sense of it all, right? When I see Liv, who has never watched a single piece of television ever, and well, maybe like in passing, but never really sits down and does anything besides look at this phone or whatever and just like consume content that way i see that that is something that she's going to be used to forever right and i saw this early on when i first started optic and we were in the loft upstairs in my in my townhouse she would go up to the television and try to swipe the television like she did on her yeah. ipad and i'm like this is something that they're growing up knowing right this she doesn't know that this was that this is as new as she is to this world yeah and and I'm like I'm like man that's that's so weird like she she'll never know a world where she's gonna have to click a thing to to do something, mm -hmm. and 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 to me that was like I'm like man there's there's something here all everything that she was consuming was being consumed on, on that and if you look at sports traditionally they're consumed on television at a bar or at home and that esports has always been the most accessible thing that I've been you know that I've been able to to sort of cradle in my hands and be entertained for hours on end. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like, okay, there's there's definitely there. The amount of people that watch whoever on a, on, on a daily basis is just massive. And there's no way that this doesn't, I mean, if this is his infancy, can you imagine when this right. is the everyday yeah. norm for everybody? Not yeah. just the small percentage that, that consumes content now. I'm talking about when all of these young people become adults and they have kids who know nothing but, hey, we're a fan of the Huntsman, we're a yeah. fan of energy. We're a fan of the shock. That's our team because you're yeah. a part of this family. Yeah. That's crazy to me. I was just in the car right over here, and I got a call from a friend who's involved with a college, and they, he wanted help in thinking through the gaming club at the college. And um, it's a small college. I said, how many people are in the gaming club? 400, 2,000 students. Uh, there's 4,000. You know, we're the official, the shock and energy are the official team of the University of California, Berkeley, mm -hmm. where there's, I don't know how many students, 40,000 or something. It's 4,000 in the gaming club and uh, you think about it it's like what was the big club you know back when we were like the football booster club or mm -hmm. something you know the mm -hmm. movie club i don't know but like that's what they're doing right like if that's the size of what what people want to spend their time with that's the size of these clubs at school of course you know all you have to do is go, go four years out for the next four you know years of, co of, of college students and you realize that those four, those people are now in the workforce and they're spending money and these high school students are coming in and you know just like my kids right they're not watching the mm -mm. kings play that's crazy 
Oh man, we've uh, we've covered a lot, and uh, we have literally about an hour to get to our next uh, our next appointment. Uh, but this won't be the last time. Obviously, you're yes, we're, we're we're now like in this together. We got a lot of plans. We got a lot of plans. We got so a lot of plans. This, this won't be the last time that you guys hear from Andy. Obviously, uh, we have uh, an energy podcast in the future. It won't be a live setting. It'll be more like on the internet. But we will both be on uh and then we'll be inviting on guests to to sort of have some some fun conversations a uh, ton hope, of a content a ton of content Can you give the, us uh i know it's only november but do you want to give us a just a one second thought on the content world for energy for 2020 uh what do we have to look forward to at a high level uh because i know it's just your just just a little bit more of the same but with a lot of twists and a lot of forward thinking in how we're delivering the content uh, you know, for the last five years, you know, the the sort of reality TV show that happens in every single esports team, you know, with the vision of the past, the yeah. legends of uh, of TSM. TSM and, you know, all these other ones, like and no, no one's really evolved anything. And for the last year that I was that I put myself sort of in this bubble that is the hex quarters, mm-hmm. I sort of ideated a whole bunch of different opportunities and holes that need to be filled that now I get to execute with the help of, of, of you and, and obviously the incredible infrastructure that, that you guys have. The reason that I picked you was because of that. And and I I saw like two different things, right? The opportunity to be a part of the energy fam where I get to be sort of attached at your hip and learn as much as I can from you and, and, and your business experience throughout your, your history. But more importantly, I saw an easy way of executing the shit. Right, because everybody has ideas. Everybody has ideas. Their mm-hmm. ideas are the fucking greatest, but nobody has the chops, the means, and the ability to really put mm-hmm. thoughts into action. And and with you, I think that we are like literally a step ahead of everybody else out there because we can. It's just a matter of flipping the switch, and it will be flipped as soon as humanly possible. Let's go. And then we're we're good. My man has plans. Let's go. I mean, executable plans yes. that will be executed because everybody has plans. And as much as I hate plans because things, <laughs> when you have a plan, things go wrong. You know, <clears throat> when you're just freestyling it, hey, little error here, <laughs> little error there, nothing gets uh, gets messed up. But uh, I, I don't, I, I mean, I have so much more to ask, but we are obviously on, on a yeah, time schedule go. today. And it all started because Grady and I <laughs> and Scumpy were pre- creating a piece of content that just went too good. It, it was just too good of a, of a thing for I me. Heard to, they're super excited about it. Oh no, it's it's it's, it's usually it's, they don't say that the content's yeah, great. Yeah, no, like, this, this one's gonna really bang. Good. This one's gonna bang. It's uh, I'm I'm super happy about it. So anyway, either way, uh, thank you for stopping by. Thank uh, you. I do appreciate. Awesome. It won't be the last time, obviously. And uh, and yeah, huge shout out to Hims and ExpressVPN for sponsoring the podcast for like I believe like the fifth time. So we certainly appreciate uh, the support. That means that everybody at home is either clicking or trying out the products that we're presenting here. I turned down the majority of the stuff that gets thrown to me. Um, simply because I, I I just know it just it's not gonna fit uh, in some cases. But you know, hymns. Obviously, I've seen a lot of you people that are going bald in the in the stands. And the sooner that you can identify the problem, the sooner you can put it into action. The sooner you can stop the problem. And of course, ExpressVPN. I'm a firm believer. Obviously, the amount of people that have been getting that used to get hacked and can continue to get hacked in this thing. I always tell the story about Mixwell got to the to the airport and his account was gone immediately because of uh, you know. Uh, faulty internet or public uh, services so so big big fans of that uh andy thank you so much for stopping by maddie hit him with the music goodbye